Welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Vidal. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, it's Jan Bedell, the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. Welcome back for this week's Brain Coach Tip. Today we're going to be talking about the essentials for spelling. I want to encourage you to listen to some of the past Brain Coach Tips podcasts as well if you are new to this podcast. They will help to equip you to release the full potential of your children by making their brains as efficient as possible. The neurodevelopmental approach is life-changing and it has been my privilege over the last 20 plus years to be able to help thousands of families incorporate this approach through the Little Giant Steps products and programs. The neurodevelopmental approach is woven into each one of those programs and products. Parents have reported amazing results, which is wonderfully gratifying. My prayer today is that you can see the same results through the information that I share here. Beyond that, I'm asking you to please send your friends to braincoachtips.com so they can also benefit from this wonderful knowledge. You may be helping someone that you don't even know that they're praying for some answers. To go along with this podcast, we have provided a handout. Just go to braincoachtips.com and look for podcast number 35, Essentials for Spelling, to get that handout. There you will find notes from the podcast and other important information. So let's get started on this topic. A lot of people come to the booth at book fairs and often ask me in different venues, what's the best spelling curriculum? I have to hesitate and really pause for a long time because... I believe spelling should be a natural occurrence if all of the prerequisites are met. In other words, if the foundation of the brain in all the areas that aid spelling are working, it just naturally occurs. What do I mean by prerequisites? This is the foundation that is laid with all the required skills to spell well. I'm going to list them first and then we'll dive into each one to get a broader perspective. The first and maybe one of the most important ones is the child should be a good reader. When they see words often and experience them with frequency, intensity, and duration, and if you don't know what I mean by that, frequency, intensity, and duration, I'm going to refer you to podcast number three, How to Teach Anything. It can get you an understanding of that concept. So reading is number one, and number two is the ability to visualize, and that's the ability to see in pictures. The third skill that has to be there is to have a good ability to visually discriminate, see the difference between things. So let's broaden our understanding about being a good reader in relationship to spelling. 
many curriculums, probably most, start spelling in first grade and sometimes even in kindergarten. This is when the child is just beginning to learn to read and they may not have seen those words very often. And because we believe in frequency, that means how many times a person had seen those words, we don't start spelling until the child can read at maybe an upper elementary level. This way, they've had many opportunities to see the word spell correctly in the print that they've read and that's imprinted on their brain. When they start to write it down, it comes out well in spelling if they've seen it a number of times. Of course, there are exceptions to pretty much every rule. So, this concept of being a good reader produces a good speller is generally the case. But there are a subset of very excellent readers that are poor spellers. We find that these people have such automatized reading that the child doesn't even have to look closely at the word as they are speeding through the page. It's just like an automatic system. Another foundational skill that might cause a good reader to be a poor speller is if their central detail vision is not developed well. This is how they see right in the center. They may be using their peripheral and you think they seem fine and when they go to the eye doctor, it tests 20-20. But oftentimes they miss a little word or skip over a punctuation or something like that. This could be because their central vision isn't working too well and they don't even see it as they're going along. They may see these words but not notice the details of each of the letters. That can cause them not to be good spellers. Working on that central detail vision, which is a developmental issue that can be helped, the Neurodevelopmental DVD is a good resource for that. You can find that at littlegiantsteps.com and it's called the Neurodevelopmental Approach. It's several hours long. It teaches you about the different aspects of neurodevelopment, and one is that central detail vision. It gives very specific information on how to work on that. Now, the second thing we mentioned was visualizing. Sometimes this has kind of a negative connotation. People think of visualizing world peace and things like that. What we're really talking about here is the ability to see in pictures. Why is this important? Let me ask you this. Have you ever written down a word and you thought to yourself, that doesn't look right? Why do you do that? Well, it's because that word that you wrote doesn't match the picture that you have in your head. Now, if you don't see in pictures or visualize, then you just write things and oftentimes it's phonetic and you don't even realize it's misspelled. Sometimes it's confusing about long-term memory. You think, they seem to know it, and then several days later, they don't know it anymore. Well, the information that we put into long-term memory needs to go through either conceptualizing or visualizing to be able to be stored. Now, if the person stores information conceptually, they're thinking in words, and it's stored in words. And if the person is thinking visually, if they're storing that information Visually, they're storing a picture that can come back out and remind them or be the information that they need. And just like my feeling about learning styles is that we need to be good at all learning styles, it's good for us to be good conceptualizers and visualizers. 
because some information is better stored in a picture and some information is better stored in words. For more information about our view on learning styles, you can go to podcast number 8 and 9 and get more information about that. Now, one way to develop visualization or scene and pictures is to observe in nature. Go on nature walks and come back and draw what you saw or take leaves and do rubbing so that you can see that leaf develop right before your eyes and you can take a picture of that with your brain. There are also games that will help with being a better visualizer. Games like checkers or chess. What you want to do is try to see in your mind what the board is going to look like three moves from now. See if you can visualize where you're going to move the next one and then the next one and the next one. What will it look like in three moves? And do that with every move. I'll also put a list of some other games that can help with visualizing and visual discrimination in the handout. Some practice with visualizing is just like anything else. As you exercise this ability to see in pictures, it gets better. So it's great to play some of those games, maybe 10 minutes a day, three or four times a week. That will really help develop that visualization skill. So to be a good speller, we had one is be a good reader, two is visualize or be able to see in pictures, and three is visual discrimination. Now what's that? That's seeing the slight differences in objects that are very similar. The highlight magazines are really good at helping with this skill. If you've ever looked at some of those, the what is different from one page to the next is a really good one. You know, there may be a wheel off in this car and it's on in the other car. So they start to notice those little differences. There's other pages where maybe something is funny. So you're discriminating and seeing that really doesn't belong. That clown doesn't belong in the schoolroom or whatever it is that they're showing there. That's part of training this visual discrimination. At Little Giant Steps, you can find 10 different levels of a game called visual discrimination that your children could play at home. These games are fun and fast, and siblings can even play together, one being the teacher and the other being the student, and then they can swap depending on the age of the child. In each game, there are 12 small cards that are very similar in appearance. They're laid out on the table or the floor, so each time you lay out this game, it's going to be a new game because they're going to be in different orders. One large card that matches one of the small cards is held up and the student finds the card as quickly as possible. The instructions actually tell you three different levels of difficulty from just being able to look back at it to switching up the cards to being visual memory and visual discrimination where they see it for a few seconds then it's gone and then they have to find it. So you'll see all the instructions with each level. Each level of this game has three or four different sets so that there's a variety of games that you can play with each set. On the store at littlegiantsteps.com you will find a sample of what is contained in each level. Levels 1 through 3 have numbers on them. 4 through 6 contain words. 
Some of the sets have the first two or three letters of each word are the same, so the child really has to look carefully and look all the way through the word. Sometimes when children don't discriminate well, they just look at the first two or three letters and guess at the rest of the word. This makes them look at the whole word. In the level 7 through 10, you'll see that there's objects or symbols that you can see that are in each level. These are for more advanced students, even through high school age, can help work on their discrimination. Now that you understand more about the prerequisites for spelling, let's talk about the spelling approaches or even the curriculums. There are quite a number of different approaches out there to teach spelling. Some I've seen use cursive. In my opinion, this is really counterproductive as we don't visualize our words in cursive because we're visualizing more of how they're written in the text. So printing would be much better. Some have the child write the word over and over. I found as children tire of writing or get distracted, they might start writing it incorrectly and then they're practicing the wrong thing or reinforcing the wrong spelling. This can be very bad because they need like 21 more exposures to get it right and if they've written it 10 times wrong, this can really cause an issue. Some approaches use all types of activities that they have to do with each set of words, like crossword puzzles or word searches and the like. That seems like busy work to me and takes a long time and often is not very productive. Some approaches use phonics to teach spelling, but if the child's auditory processing is low, the child will have trouble remembering all the rules and holding all those pieces together of each one of the sounds to spell it correctly. If you don't know what I mean by low auditory processing, I want to refer you to podcast number three. It's called The Best Kept Secret in Education, Auditory Processing, and you'll get a better understanding of how those pieces have to be held together efficiently to really read with phonics. The other challenge, in my opinion, for a phonics-based approach to spelling is that there are so many irregularities or words that break the rules. And besides that, there are many ways to spell a particular sound. A child, if dictated the word boat, could write B-O-T-E, which would be phonetically correct. Or what would stop her from spelling her H-U-R? Unless you've read that word and you know how to spell it correctly, you do whatever sound sounds right, and visually, it's not the right spelling. Going back to being a good reader, after seeing her, H-E-R, written for many years, you just wouldn't consider a phonetic way of spelling it with a U, because you've got that picture in your head. In contrast to all these other spelling approaches that I've just outlined, getting the child's reading level up, and their foundational skills of visualization and visual discrimination will really make spelling easier. The best technique for spelling after the foundation is laid for good reading, visualizing, and discriminating is to give quick, targeted input with frequency, that's often, to get the word imprinted on the child's mind's eye. 
one thing I want to encourage you with is don't let the child spell it wrong. With the spelling flash activity that we created, this inputting visually and imprinting that word is the basis for the spelling flash activity that you can get at littlegiantsteps.com. I thought that it would be nice for me to provide a little taste of what our clients get when they are involved in one of our programs. Each activity that we suggest for a family is placed on a web training site and is handled much the same way as we're going to make this available. With each activity there are instructions. In this case, the detailed instructions are on a handout that is downloaded to you when you order it. Included with Spelling Flash is a template page to create your own list if you want to print the words out. There's a video that explains how to do the Spelling Flash and then you see an actual demonstration of how it looks when someone is working with a child. I've recently enhanced the technique that we've been using for Spelling Flash for our clients for many years. You can get this download for only $2.99 through the link on the handout for this podcast number 35, Essentials for Spelling, or go straight to littlegiantsteps.com and go to the store. Just look for Spelling Flash and you will be able to get it from there. I think you'll be really encouraged that you can just spend less than 10 minutes, probably less than 5, each day building spelling skills and not do all kinds of laborious, time-consuming things that your children tend to give you a lot of guff about. The skills that we've talked about here are very important for spelling and reading and putting things into your long-term memory. But I want to also encourage you to listen to more of the podcasts and consider owning the Neurodevelopmental Approach DVD to cover all the bases of the fundamental brain functions that everyone needs. So more than just spelling is moving in a positive direction for your children. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you will stay tuned to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network where you will receive more Brain Coach tips to make life and learning easier. Next week, I will help you with that frustrating experience when you just want to yell for the hundredth time, hold your pencil right. Am I saying by having a podcast on this that it really is important how your child holds their pencil? Yes, it really is. So tune in. In the meantime, I pray you take advantage of these other podcasts to help you understand your children better, whether they are typically developing gifted, or struggling learners. The neurodevelopmental approach is a dynamic approach to life at any age. So, think differently. The solution is not in the problem. When the child's not a good speller, it really is more about fixing what's not working well. Until next week, it's the Brain Coach signing off. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray You'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate the skills and techniques taught in our podcast, 
please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.